0: Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Radio 815. I'm your host, my name is Marcelo Inostroza. As always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Matt Crandall. And on this week's edition of the show, we'll be talking about Alias, Season 3, Episode 1, entitled The Two. So with all that being said and done and out of the
1: way, Matt, what did you think about this Season 3 premiere of Alias. So this episode, written by JJ, directed by Ken Olin, like I said in our previous podcast two weeks ago, when season two ended, I was just like, I gotta see what happens. And this picks up right where we left off with Vaughn and Sydney together, where Vaughn is trying to tell her that she has been gone for two years. And I really liked that as this whole episode unfolds, we also are catching up on everything that has happened to all the other characters in this time jump. So we find out that Vaughn thought Sydney was dead and he has gotten over her, gotten married, and is no longer part of the CIA. He's now a teacher. And it's like, what? And then we find out that Jack is in prison for being. You know, uh, a traitor to the country and a terrorist or whatever. And that is, like, shocking because Sydney's support of her dad is gone. Irina is somewhere, but nobody knows. And then the most shocking thing that they drop on us is that Arvin Sloan is the CEO for a charitable organization called OmniFam. And everybody knows where he is, and he's just living free And everybody is cool with that because he's turned over a new leaf. And it's like, what the hell is happening? And we find out that Dixon is now the director of their division. You know, Weiss is, is seemed to have a bigger role and congrats to Greg Grunberg, who this is the first episode that he's actually in the credits as a series regular. Um, So we know that he's going to have more to do this season And just the confusion of Sydney, this whole episode, as she's trying to catch up with everything she missed, and we are as well, uh, is so much fun. But also, you're just like, oh my gosh, it feels like there's so much that we missed to catch up is fun, but also frustrating. But then there are the the good moments where, you know, as, as frustrating as it is that Vaughn is kind of out of the picture at this point, And the dynamic between him and Sid is up in the air. Uh, I do like that. Still the, the base team is still very similar with Dixon Weiss and finding out that Marshall and good old uh, Amanda Foreman um, did get together and are having a baby. And I just love the scene where Sydney meets with Marshall for the first time. And he's worried that she's not going to remember him. And it's just a funny and touching scene. That uh, she's like, no, I remember you, and he's just so thrilled and happy. Uh, so I thought it was a good episode that brought us up to speed on everything that they they skipped over with the two-year time jump. But it still feels like there's so many answers that we need to get to figure out what this season is actually going to be.
0: Oh, for me, um, really, the uh, what the f moment. With with this episode was seeing that oh my god, Arvin Sloan is now in charge of one of the most profitable health companies in the country. Uh, what the hell? That yeah. guy is a snake in a suit. <laughs> right? He deserves to be buried in jail somewhere. Yeah. What the hell? I know. So so that really, really ticked me off to no end. And when Sydney went into his office and almost took his neck off, yeah. uh, I was a very happy man. Um, but you know, now I can actually talk about what I wanted to talk about last episode. When when when, when Vaughn tells Sydney that two years have passed back in the hotel room in China, she saw, she sorts she plays it off as being oh my god what happened, but she actually attacks him. And when she tries to run away from him, uh, she gets shot with a knockout dart in an alley. Mm -hmm. And when she turns around, the look on her face is a look of betrayal, confusion, and utter like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? You know? And I thought in that particular moment, um, it's a really short moment, it's really small. But I, I figured in that particular moment, I don't think Jennifer Gardner has been better mm-hmm. because the look of confusion and betrayal on her face is real for my money. Yeah. And I just felt so bad for her. And, you know, oh, and yeah. then, you know, and when, you know, the other thing is when she turns around, Bond comes out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. So it is, it, it is a, it is a well-directed scene as well. Um, but I, I just felt so bad for her. And, um, And, 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 like you mentioned us as an audience member, we're, we're sort of going along this journey with Sydney, figuring out what's new and figuring out what exactly went wrong here. Yeah. You know, what happened over the, over the two years that she's reportedly been dead. Um, Right. I, you know, I really find it interesting that uh, when she wakes up and um, actually, you know. Uh, as she's discovering what has gone down, she has an interesting scar on her midsection that I hope we'll mm-hmm. that I hope we're we're gonna address at some point, right? Uh, in this season to figure out how the hell this happened, who put it there, why they put it there, uh, what was the whole point of this, um, which I'm sure we'll get. Yeah. But um, but I feel that this episode more than any other really plays into the JJ motif. Mm-hmm. of the mystery box.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Oh big because time. yeah, because we're because we're presented with a situation and we are almost given no answers whatsoever. Yeah. We're given none. And the the fun, the funniest thing here is that the only one in the CIA or so that we or, or or that we know of that really worried about Sydney and tried to track down her whereabouts was was her father, right? Yeah. And that caused him to lose his freedom and lose his life and be locked up in prison and it's really interesting to me that Vaughn didn't do that. Mhm.
1: Right? You know what you know what I thought was awesome is that when this happens and you know Sydney finds out Vaughn's married and she's kind of shell shocked and she talks to her dad and he says, you know, I knew you were not dead like I just couldn't accept that that was what had happened so I kept looking for everything and he she says Vaughn got married and he says, yeah. Vaughn was just a boy who was never good enough for you. And, you know, it sums up how Jack has been feeling and it reveals some truth to Sidney. And in a total J.J. Abrams moment where she could dwell on that for like a couple of episodes, um, she doesn't. Just much like in the first episode of Felicity where, you know, Felicity has followed Ben And then there's that scene where she goes and tells him like, I followed you here, you idiot. Uh, Sydney says to Vaughn, like how freaking dare you just accept that I was dead? Like how? I don't understand because if it was me, I would have kept looking anyway. I would have known until I had proof, like I would have not given up. So the fact that you gave up and moved on Like, who do you think you are? Like, you are not who I thought you were. And that is one of those things that they could have dragged out for, like, a lot of episodes. Just like, you know, I thought watching Felicity that they were going to drag out that, you know, Felicity came after Ben. But no, J.J. tackles it head on in Act 5 and just has the the main protagonist say, like, this is bullshit because of this. And uh, I thought that was great because Jennifer Garner kills it. And Vartan, you know, plays it as good as he can because it's just such an awkward moment where she's right. Like, how could he have moved on without seeing the body is is the thing that she's kind of saying. You know that we're spies, right? Like, if a spy just disappears, chances are they aren't dead. There's probably something going on. And my own father knew that there was something going on. And you didn't listen. You just moved on. Like, that's you're not who I thought you were, which was a huge moment for Sid and Vaughn's relationship. Cause even if things were to get patched over, I don't think it'll ever be the same. Um, and just the fact that they dive right into that only a day after she's been back was huge.
0: And it's interesting that you mentioned that the way that Jennifer Garner performs that scene, when she confronts Vaughn and tells him basically how much of a, how much of a a-hole he's been. Mm-hmm. Um, It's interesting that you mentioned that she says, I would have never given up. I would have never accepted it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I imagine, I don't know anyone who works in the CIA, although I wish I did, (laughs) Right, because I, I, I kind of, I kind of appreciate those people that protect us and do all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. But I would imagine that those people, when somebody goes missing, they don't generally quit. Right. They, they. They, they triple check and they check as many sources as they can before they declare someone dead. Right. Right. So to so to add on to your point, it was really distressing to me and really disturbing to me that Vaughn just quit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I well, this is going to make me sound dickish, but I, I think <laughs> I need to defend myself before I say this. I kind of see this is gonna make me sound really bad go for but it, but I kind of i d- I kind of understand where Vaughn is coming from mm-hmm. a little bit because he buried her. So we're told he mourned for her and he moved on, right. right? But with that being said, I would think that the type of relationship that they were building up to this point, that Vaughn wouldn't be able to just do that. But the fact that he did shows what he really kind of thought about the relationship, which makes me, you know, which begs the question, did he really love Sydney or
1: what was the, what was the deal with that? Right. And I, I do like that, you know, you can understand the side of the coin where like, of course he had to move on, you know, she was gone for so long but then there's also the other side, like I said, where, you know, we've already had Irina, who Sydney thought was dead, come back from the dead because there was never a body. So, like, the precedent is there that Vaughn should have known without actually having confirmation that she is dead, like, that he should have done more digging.
0: I I just really didn't. I mean, like I've already said, I I kind of had his back there for a second. But. A second later, I was like, "You don't deserve her after all, you little you 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 traitor." Yeah, you know. So, I'm, so I was like, "You know what? Good. You just des- you deserve somebody better than than that guy in a suit. You deserve Will. Forget about that guy." Um,
1: and and you know, we we still don't know because they said, "Oh, Will didn't die," and it's like he didn't. Well, how ha- how did he not? And they haven't actually shown us yet what's actually happened with Will. And there's a funny moment that totally sums up sort of the whole premise of the mystery box where Dixon says to Sydney, when she starts saying like, is Will dead? Like what happened? Where's the body? All this. And Dixon says, I know you have a million questions. And Sydney says, I have a lot more than a million questions. I wish I only had a million questions. And that's kind of the, the whole mystery box thing is every time you get another question answered, there's another million questions. And you know, and that scene in particular is
0: when we find out that Kendall, uh, AKA John Locke, is no, he's not really John Locke, but you know,
1: it, that's why he has disappeared off the show is because he literally went on Oceanic a fifteen and is hanging out on the island.
0: Basically, he went on a vacation to Hawaii and he crashed in a plane. Yeah. Um. So, but 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 back to my point before this podcast gets completely thrown off the rails, um. <laughs> It's that scene where 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 uh, Sydney tells Dixon that you know you know I I wish I I wish I just had a few questions instead of a million questions. It's that scene that we find out that Dixon got himself a little promotion yeah. in the in the time that Sydney's been uh, missing or presumed dead or whatever the hell she's been doing. And I found it I found it really interesting that he got that promotion, and I would love to learn more about what he did to get that promotion. Mm-hmm. because they don't because they don't pr- because the CIA doesn't promote just for being a loyal member of right. the team for X amount of years. You have to do something very significant yeah. to, to to be in a position of being in charge of an entire union uh, to be in charge of in, an entire unit, I would right. think. Yeah. So I, I am interested to see if that's something that he will explain or something that we'll find out about um in, in later episodes also, I did find very interesting the sort of MacGuffin that they framed this episode around—that um, the CIA was expecting one of their agents to bring them uh, a computer chip with the program of this of this super-secret stealth sort of missile thing yep. that could that could lay waste to God knows how. How, how many, uh, you know, areas of ground, whatever, if it was deployed. So I did like that little uh, MacGuffin that um, J.J. decided to film the episode around. And as a matter of fact, I really like the scene where the quote unquote bad guy, this episode, goes to get the agent who has the, the chip on a train. Yeah. And he shoots this woman who's sitting right next to the agent who has the chip. He shoots her twice in the back. I mean, in the in, in the front and in yeah. the back. Right. And I was like, dude, really? We just met this nice little extra woman and you just had to shoot her. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't look, I don't know. I, I don't know what Ken uh, what Ken Ken Olin was thinking uh, when he was directing this. But the, the way that he focused in on her. Right. Yeah. You know, listening to her CD, the way that she flips the CD around. Yep. I was like, you know, this chick might be something, you know, she might be n- not an extra, be- you know, right. a second later, she's just shot and dead. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, God, I was like, then then why did you focus on her? So, I mean, she right. didn't focus on her forever.
1: Yeah. But it's a bit of a red herring misdirect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a misdirect and it's a, it's a misdirect that I really fell for. And I was kind of, um, I was kind of disappointed. Well, yeah, I was kind of like, "Did you have to do that?" I thought she was going to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I did like is the 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 enclosure that this spy put the the chip in. He put it like in this classic coin thing. Yep. That I thought that I thought was very very um, very very spy ish. Big time. Um, <laughs> I the my my favorite thing about this episode is seeing Sydney trying to catch up and learning that her father is in jail. (laughs) And when she goes to see her father, she basically tells him, I'm going to do something to get you out of jail. Right. And what she does, I will kid you not, is very reminiscent of what she does in the very, very first episode of Alias. What does she do when the Alliance tries to kill her? Right. What does she, what does she do? Does she run like her father wanted her to, or does she or d- does she walk into the alliance and shoot Sloan in the head, and the show will be over? No, what right. she does is she gets the one thing that she has to get, so her bosses will start to believe her, and she can and she can start to figure out what in the world is going on here.
1: Yeah,
0: right. So I really like the parallel that JJ did by by basically putting Sydney behind the eight ball again and seeing her work out and, and and try to track down the guy who had this chip and uh see, seeing her uh, you know tracking down the uh her sources yep. w- was was really fun because like she said to Weiss after they almost died yep. <laughs> uh her sources are two or what are or two and a half years old and mm. and seeing her you know having having that sequence with her on the phone Tracking down her sources and then constantly being denied
1: mm-hmm.
0: was uh, was really great. But my favorite moment of the season, uh, of this episode. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say season. But when she finally tracks down the guy who has a chip and she just basically finds him, stands in the middle of the road and shoots him. I mean, mm-hmm. n- that doesn't doesn't shoot him, but she basically stands. She basically plays chicken with a car.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh that was very reminiscent of another spy show person of interest uh, when yeah. when 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 uh a character in that show basically plays chicken with the car and shoots it um you know i I just i was I was kind of wait a minute didn't didn't her source say that he had a bulletproof car so what kind of gun does she have because when she shoots the car the car basically blows up', it blows and up. I'm like yeah it blows up and I'm like well, dude you first of all you didn't shoot the gas tank you shot the engine so that gun must have some kick to it, because the car blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, big. <laughs> I no, I, I I really I really liked that entire sequence, and I, I again I like the fact that JJ sort of paid homage to the pilot in, in that Sydney had to get this thing to prove her word to to, to the CIA in this case. Mm-hmm. And if I just could say one other thing, that guy from the NSA is an idiot. I hate that guy. And he's been yeah. he's he's been on the show for 2 seconds and I already hate him. And and I can't, you know, I um, um, I don't know what's going to happen with him. You probably do. But I would be very very happy if Sydney like sm- punches him in the face at one point. <laughs> but uh but I I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um but when Sydney is reunited with her father again and and you know and then the, the very very last scene of this episode when her father shows when when her father when, when when her father goes to Sydney and, and, and tells her, I knew you were alive and this is how I know. Mm. When, when, when when we find out that Sydney has basically been a sleeper agent for these past two years and she and she, you know, she's basically an assassin and she basically she basically kills a guy with a box cutter. Right. I mean, that's that that is op- that is that is seriously, seriously effed up, man, to kill somebody with a box cutter.
1: that's Gus Fring stuff right there
0: yeah yeah yeah. yes no no lie I thought that yeah um but um but I I I thought that this episode was very well done I loved the the mystery box element of it like I said I like the fact that Marshall and uh for lack of a better word um uh, Megan, (laughs) Megan Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm I'm bad with actors' names. If you want to know actors' name, people that that's what we have. That's what we have uh, Matt on the show for. I'm not your guy when it comes to that. Yeah. Um. So I, I I love the fact that they're in a relationship now, and I really like the fact that she has commitment issues. Yeah. Uh. Because that's that's something like that's a total Megan thing. It is big. Time. Like like Megan would totally have a a problem with commitment. But it is kind of funny to me that Megan and Sean are in a show together.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you feel that way or if you, if you get a funny
1: vibe. Oh um, yeah, I think it's it's awesome that uh, they both work at the CIA now. Like, it's just
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's funny. Um, no, but I, I thought that I thought this this episode did a great job of introducing us to the world. Uh, or, or 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 what the world has become in these past two years. Also, we do get our introduction into the next big bad of the series, uh, which I'm interested to learn more about this uh, organization to find out what they're all about. And yeah. I really, I listen. This is not this is something that I don't want to happen, but I really hope that they are not another code name for the alliance. Mm-hmm. Or I really don't want them to be another code name for a, a group that Sloane is is secretly financing or whatever. By the way, right. Sloan needs to die as quickly. He's really getting on my nerves. He is. God, help! You know, you know, you know, you know. God, give me strength to put up with that guy, because I I do remember some stuff about what's going to happen as we move forward here, and. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be happy with some of the stuff that happens because I, 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 I did remember some stuff as as far as Sloan coming back into the fold and, and, and playing nice with everyone. And I, I loved, uh, this first, uh, season three episode of alias. I would give this episode a really, really strong seven. Uh, what would you give this episode, Matt, if you had to rate it,
1: I'd say about a seven too. it. Sets the groundwork for what this season can be. Filled us up on a lot of the information that we needed to know from the past two years. But still has a lot of questions unanswered. I did like... I was worried that they were going to be doing with Jack when she visits him and he's in prison. That it was going to be like the first half of the season was going to be... He was like an arena person. Where she would have to go visit and try and get information from him. And use it. But luckily by the end of this episode... Jack's out of jail because Sydney blackmailed uh, Lindsay and said like, I'm going to freaking destroy this thing if you don't get my dad out of jail. And Kurt Fuller does have a very punchable face as the new, you know, dick in a suit. Um, And that guy, that's kind of his wheelhouse. Although he plays a really funny stoner uh, mortician on psych, but usually he plays like a guy that you just want to punch. And so when Sydney is about to torch that ship if she doesn't get her way. And he's like, you're not going to do it. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to do it. And then Jack's out. I thought that was, that was great. And then, you know, I think the thing that makes this episode really strong is just at the very end where Jack shows Sydney, that tape and she's basically just murdering a guy. (laughs) So it really raises the question. Yeah. What happened to Sydney in those two years. You know, we've caught up with everybody else and found out what they were doing in those two years. But where was Sydney? Who was she working for? Why doesn't she remember this born identity kind of stuff is the stuff that they're going to fill in that, even though I've seen the show, I don't remember like some of the small ins and outs of it because I watched it season three. I watched as it aired back in 2003. So it's been almost seventeen years since I've seen any of these episodes, so I can't wait to to dig into the rest.
0: That was my last year of junior high. Good lord, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it God. Was. Lord. Um yeah, by the way, oh, and the other mystery that we don't know is where the hell where the hell is Will?
1: Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's- still up in the air. Like what is going on there? And yeah. in this episode, we still don't know who did Vaughn marry and is that person gonna come into the fold in any way or not.
0: Yeah, I you know actually I was uh, I was curious about that because I do, look people as happy as I am right now, for for their relationship status being on hold because, uh for for you for you regular listeners you will know that I'm not digging, uh, Felicity I mean ah oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ see I have Felicity on the brain sorry, uh, I wasn't digging Vaughn and Sydney you you yeah. people know that, but. I do know that they do reconcile and they do get back together and they even have a kid at some point if I if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but you might be, <laughs> you yeah, might be. I, I, I probably am. Yeah. Um, of which you would know if I was or not. You, you bad friend. You're holding. You're holding secrets. <laughs> I did like the fact that JJ decided to listen. for For those of you who don't care about the Sydney Vaughn relationship, I'm gonna put that on ice for a little while. Yeah. And I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna let them f- sort of find their way back to each other if that's even possible um, I I'm really excited I'm really excited to see what this new organization is about I, I'm really excited to see Sloan be dropped out of a window hopefully someday <laughs> yeah God I god I I mean I hate that man but you 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 Matt you're probably a little bit less in the hate department I mean I think I think I'm the I'm the guy that holds all this
1: the Sloan hate in this podcast would I be right about that <laughs> I, I I enjoy Sloan like I hate him but I love to hate him no I'm, and I'm, I think I'm, Ron I'm, Rifkin just does such a good job with it that like no, it's it's amazing
0: no I mean I mean look well you know all to respect, um I, when when I say I hate Sloan I don't I, I don't want it to be mis- uh misconstrued I think the actor who plays Sloan does a great job at playing his role because the key the the, the, the key <laughs> function of any actor is for you to get for, for them to get you invested in their character, whether you love them or hate them, right? Yeah. And I think it's a uh, I think it's a grand achievement uh, on the actor standpoint for for him to get me to hate his character this much. Yeah. Takes a lot of work, um, and I I think I I think that I think that says a whole lot about his acting chops. As a, as an actor, but I'm really I'm really interested to see where the season goes, and what's the deal with this new organization, and I have a theory about how Sydney got uh, sort of blacked out for those past two years. If if you could just go with me for a second here, people, and uh, just let me play this out. What if the experiments that Jack was doing to Sydney back in previous seasons, somebody picked up that work and made it work and and, 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 and and made it work in a way that um, the the fact that Sydney was already pre sort of programmed to be suggested to be affected by hypnotized, right. the, the fact that she is she is somewhat suggestible to that programming. Made it easier for the person, whoever did whatever they... Made it easier for the person who actually kidnapped Sydney and did surgery on Sydney. And for some reason, put Sydney in the middle of Hong Kong. Yeah. Right? So, I'm of the mind that whoever did whatever they did to Sydney, it has some connection to that experiment, uh, uh, project Christmas that, yeah, that, that Jack was, child, for sure. was, uh, was, was Jack that, that Jack was behind. So, um, do you, have, well, you probably know what the hell it is. So I won't even ask you. It's a good but, guess. But, um, uh, uh, when you, when you first saw this show, I think, I think this is a, more, a question for you. When you first saw this show so many moons ago, Uh, what, what did you think, who, uh, uh, what were your, what were your theories as to what was going on with Sydney and her, uh,
1: time-lapse? Yeah, I still, I still at this point, you know, wasn't sure, but I felt like because that Project Christmas stuff had come back at the end of season two, that there was a chance it was going to rear its head again in some way. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Alright guys, so I think uh, that'll wrap it up for uh, this edition of Radio 815. Uh, our review of Alias, Season 3, Episode 1, entitled The Two. Um, just in case you uh, have any questions for us or you want to get in contact with us to tell us how awesome we are, um, you can reach out to us on Twitter just by using the hashtag Radio 815, if we ever get any questions on there or any uh, suggestions on the show or anything at all, we'll read them on the air and we'll give you a shout out on the air. But with all that being said and out of the way, Matt, if the good people want to chat with you about Alias or whatever or where in the where in the hell uh, Director Kendall is, uh, uh, P.S. guys, he's on an island with a bunch of other people. Uh, yep. Matt, where can the good people uh, find you and chat with you about whatever they want to chat about?
1: Hit me up on Twitter, at Matt Crandall.
0: All right, guys. So um, if you guys want to chat with me, uh, you can basically find me in the same place, just at CreekFanatic88. So uh, with all that being said and out of the way, for my co-host, Matt Crandall, I have been Marcelo Nostroza. And as I often say, we'll talk back soon.